Cool. What's up, YouTube and I? So what should I say? What's shaking, YouTube and I? Welcome to the Cover Price Comic Book Shakers of the Week, aka the Ofer List. Although there's a couple of interesting books on here that are pretty new that I think uh, you got a good chance of getting maybe two for ten, maybe three for ten. There is one in here that I definitely know nobody has. So uh, why you guys are congregating? Let's see uh, if we can play some freestyle music for you since it's tomorrow is friday so we go uh we go we go freestyle friday you know what i'm saying so let's see what we got for you guys boys and girls it's a man man world it's a man man world it's a man 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 world it's a man man world it's a man man world it's a man 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 Yo, you guys got a bonus track today. We lost, uh, we lost, uh, a man down. <laughs> yeah, we're man down. Well, hopefully, he'll come back. But I just, I had to drop that one because of the just incredible Obi Wan teaser. If you didn't get goosebumps, you're dead inside. I was incredible. Um, I was, I was surprised they actually even showed it. Unfortunately, it was the only thing they showed, like, uh, you know, but, uh, it was incredible, but speaking of incredible, this is the cover price comic book shakers of the week sponsored by our friends over at cover price for your price guides, collections, and trends. Also our friends over at key collectibles for all your pressing grading 
and facilitating needs, go ahead and hit up our friends at Key Collectibles on Facebook.com forward slash Key Collectibles or Instagram.com forward slash Key Collectibles. So the show is also sponsored by our friends over KRSComics.com. Use discount code LOTLB to save 10% off of any ver- anything exclusive on their store. This one dropped um, to yesterday, actually. There's nothing dropping tomorrow, um, but... Um, once again, this show is sponsored by Cover Price, Karis Comics, and uh, they happen, happen to be getting together to do something. Um, check out Cover Price tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, for a free giveaway. They're not selling anything. It's the launch of Cover Prices Whatnot, and they're just giving away $5,000 worth of books and books donated from uh, Boom Studios, Karis Comics, Image Comics, and Scout Comics. And since we have Jack on the show, what can you tell us about this here thing? What 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 do they have to do? They just need to sign up and follow Cover Price, or what? What do they need to do on whatnot? Yeah, all you got to do is, is sign up for a whatnot account, download the whatnot uh, app, sign up for an account, make sure you're following uh, the Cover Price account. They're gonna go live tomorrow. Everything, one hundred percent of these items will be free. The shipping will be free. You are absolutely not going to want to miss this. We're talking like major incentive ratio variants, like one in 500. You're talking about these like invincible variants. We've already been talking about them on the shaker list. Uh, Adam Eve, uh, brand new one. Uh, all the awesome scout mystery box. You see the, the something's killing the children. Ash can Hot exclusives. You're just not gonna want to miss that. Actually, the I see the the KRS Comics Wonder Woman Black and Gold, yes. what which was on our cover price top ten at one point. They're doing that book is a, I can that's a KRS comic as well as that Goblin Queen one. That's a KRS comic one. So uh, the gun there's Gun Honey too. I know you notice how they uh, kind of uh, put the graphic over Gun Honey there because <laughs> because there's some stuff on there. But so make sure you check out CoverPrice.com or CoverPrice on whatnot tomorrow. They launch their new um cover price and it's you don't have to buy anything man you just get a chance and from what i've been told they're just gonna randomize uh and pick a winner so there you go hey gabe are you back did the force did you get did you get force knocked out of the show i got my, my i think my hard drive just died on my other computer holy crap that yeah. sucks all right boys and girls once again so this is the cover price shakers of the week this list comes from our friends at cover price focusing on on new high sales or the most interesting sales found on their exclusive daily shakers list this list changes several times a day so make sure you check out for uh, the hottest trending books on the market so after we go through these top 10 books we will see what's shaking today and these are not in any uh, uh, valued order. This is just strictly alphabetical, so the pricing doesn't matter. So um, let's get it right off and kicking with uh, the first obscure book on the list. What do we got here, Gabe? All right, coming in first. Look at this crazy book we got going here. Um, wait, I think I just lost the email. Give me a second. Uh, go ahead. We'll have Jack read it then, and then we yeah. do the next one. All right, well, here we're talking about the birth of the Defiant Universe number one from Defiant in 1993. And creator slash publisher Jim Shooter should be a household name for those who have been in the comic game for a while. Starting in comics at age 14, he's been an editor-in-chief of Marvel, Valiant, and been heavily involved with Dark Horse. However, he founded two other short-lived companies, Broadway Comics and Defiant Comics. Defiant was appropriately named after being ousted from Valiant in 1992. To announce the formation of Defiant Comics, Shooter produced this Birth of Defiant Universe, a free comic limited to a thousand copies given out to members at 1993's Capital City Sales Conference. Shooter himself signed almost all the copies, and the back of the comic even reads, Defiant, the gloves are off. This was pretty much directed at Valiant. The comic includes previews of The Good Guys, War Dancer, Charlemagne, Dark Dominion, Prudence and Caution, and most importantly, it also featured Plasm, which we've highlighted in our 91621 market report for its high market value. It's also the title that caused the publisher to fold after a lawsuit over uh, the character by Marvel. This is a very... the easy book to pass up. Defiant isn't a well-known name for most comic fans, even seasoned collectors. However, hopefully you do now after seeing this week's new high sale of $350 for a raw copy. 
Yeah, that is that is that is pretty. That's like some insider stuff, right? Like defiant by like um. What is is Jim Shooter? Is he what is he a part of now? Is he doing anything now? I could have swore he was part of the other one. I could be wrong though. I think that was uh, Axel Alonso that started yeah, the new comic company. AWA. AWA. Yeah, AWA. So, but Jim Shooter's not part of AWA, is he? No, no. I've seen Jim Shooter at some conventions this year. It's it's it, he's a one of those guys where. I don't think the current crop of comic fandom understand how like iconic he is and how much he's been involved in uh, it, it, within the like the history. Oh yeah, uh, of comics. It's it's it, it, he's kind of like underwhelming the like uh, uh, response he gets at conventions, but absolute legend. Yeah, wow. big Jim Shooter, editor in chief of when Marvel Comics was really doing their big. Th- if you think about the X Men at their height. Uh, Jim Shooter was, you know, uh, part of that ship with him and Chris Claremont when they were really doing big things. You know, a big Jim Shooter. Uh, you always they they always refer to him big Jim Shooter, and I always want to talk about that that Chris Claremont documentary that the uh, Jim Shooter is actually in it and how he butted heads with um, Chris Claremont because he wanted to bring back um, Phoenix. You know, and Jim it was Jim Shooter's idea. You know, to bring back uh, Jean Grey in um, X Factor One. Um, but, um, but you know, Jim, uh, I was like, look, if I kill somebody, they, I want them to remain dead. All right. So, so, he's all right. So absolute Bert- legend, absolute yes. legend. He's done so much. He, he wrote secret wars. He's the one that put Frank Miller on daredevil. He's the one that put Walt Simonson on Thor. Like those historical decisions were made by him. So he really GI Joe wouldn't be GI Joe without yeah, him. Transformers. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Getting Larry Hama to do GI Joe and a big Jim shooter. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think he was the one that really kind of took the reins. Uh, I'm trying to think who was before. Was it, was it, uh, Roy Thomas. Falco was uh, the editor in chief before, uh, 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 no, it was, it was Roy Thomas before Roy Thomas. Shooter. Yeah. The Falco yeah, Roy Tom- shooter. Yeah, and Roy Thomas is more of a writer than he is really, because uh, um, you know a a an you know a, a you know editor in chief is a little bit different job title. You know what I mean? You have to have a little bit of different skill set than just be a writer. You know, but you have to have the ability to make everything cohesive. So there you go. I have never seen this in my life. Uh, so if you do, snatch it up. Birth of the Defiant Universe number one. So for three hundred fifty dollars for a raw dog. Wow. All right. Next up is an issue that I think you guys, a lot of you guys can get on the board with this one. I don't know about the grade, but I think you can get on the board. Oh, yeah. I'm excited about this one because I have this book. And we were just talking about this the other day on the show. But th- this week, we're talking about Fantastic Four number 50. This is the Silver Age number 50 from 1966. Well, this isn't the first appearance of the Silver Surfer. It is the exact moment he became a hero and captured the attention of 1966's comic book fans in this issue the surfer recognizes the weight of galactus's feeding on a populated planet after a failed attempt to his master galactus silver surfer is forced to join fantastic four or is forced to join fantastic four in battling the world eating giant the true hero is the watcher who breaks his oath never to get involved by leading reed richards into using the ultimate nullifier against galactus forcing him to retreat Regardless, this is one of the most critical issues of our favorite Sentinel of the Spaceways. This week, a raw 9.2 sold for a massive $11,400 on Heritage. Whoa. <laughs> for comparison, the last 9.2 sold in May for uh, in May 2020 for $3,866. That's one excellent investment. It's also a reminder that Surfer's key issues are rapidly increasing. If you're waiting to pick one up, the time to do it is now. So go. This is an important issue. This is the the final of the uh, Galactus series, and it's also the first appearance of the Ultimate Nullifier, and first appearance of uh, another we uh, Wyatt Wingfoot. Wyatt Wingfoot, yeah. Let me look Johnny's this up because I could have swore uh, it may I may have uh, cover price. Um, I have a nine point. I have a. I have a uh, six point five. I just I, came back from CGC. That might be a typo because I on the cover price website it says it's a graded nine point two that sold for eleven thousand uh, oh, four hundred. Okay. 
So yeah. that might be a, a typo on there. Just for reference, uh, highest known value is a 9.8 back in 2013 for 44 grand. Um, somebody in there said they had a nine point. One of the guys in there said they have a nine point six. So there Oof. you go, Rush Diehard. Woof, good lord. Oh, uh, I remember this book wasn't all that expensive until um, Disney bought Fox. That's when Fast Forty Eight, Forty Nine, and Fifty all spiked in prices. Right? The, we like to call it the the Feige effect, right? And then uh, it's only a matter of time. Uh, we all. We pretty much all think Reed Richards is on the Illuminati and into the multiverse of madness, right? I mean, that's a no-brainer. Got to be. Got to be. So, I mean, Fantastic Four is huge. And, and, you know, everybody knows Fantastic Four. Hell, there was a a goddamn album cover that had the Silver Surfer on it, which they got sued to, by the way, for that album cover. It was everybody's new favorite character pretty soon. Yeah, I think it was Joe Satriani's cover, if I if I remember correctly. I because I bought the album just because of the Silver Surfer cover uh, on the on the album art. So, Fantastic Four number fifty. I do believe it's a nine point two, not a raw dog. So for eleven thousand four hundred, because I'm going. I went on the cover price website and got that pricing. But all right, what do we got up next? All right. Next, we got an affordable opportunity for you guys. We're talking about Identity Crisis number four from DC Comics in 2004. Now, here's a very affordable shaker that costs an average FMV or fair market value, raw price of $5. So why is this here? Well, if you're like us, you love Michael Turner, and I do. Uh, His art defined the late 90s and 2000s, and not only... Was he a fantastic person and creator? But we also have a deep level of nostalgia for the time uh, when he was everywhere. His gorgeous cover for Identity Crisis number four featuring Wonder Woman is not even rare. There are 194 graded copies with 99.98. This series was a huge deal and had an equally large print run. Though this is still a new high sale of $225 for a CGC 9.8 this week. That's an excellent gap book. Typically, a low raw value book would barely crack $50, let alone $200. Uh, while this all-black cover probably plays a factor with, a, uh, with its high-grade rarity, this thick, glossy book wasn't typically prone to color break creases. This is simply a cover, uh, this is simply a cover collectors want and proves that a fantastic club cover by a beloved artist can do very well in high grade. Yeah. I mean, Gabe and I have talked about this offline or on Instagram. We tagged each other on uh, Michael Turner's art on Witchblade and the darkness. And it's just when I was deep in collecting, when Michael Turner did the Witchblade series and it was so hot, it was so hot to find. It was back. It was way before eBay, right? I had to drive around comic shops to hunt down like Witchblade number one. Never, never mind that Sideblade versus She, I do believe, which is her first appearance. But if my probably my favorite, uh, uh, all the covers are dope. But the first appearance of the Darkness, I think, on Witchblade ten, that all black cover. That one's sick as as well too. Um, going back to Surfer Surfer because I said um, you know you know people talking about surfing with the surfing with the alien is the name of the album. Somebody else said Richard Gere is a Silver Surfer. Here's how Silver Surfer is kind of just is well known across popular media. Do you remember the movie Crimson Tide with Denzel Washington Absolutely. and? There was a fight between two guys because one one guy said Mobius version of Silver Surfer was better than Jack Kirby. And then Denzel Washington pulls him aside and said, come on, we all know that Jack Kirby's version of Silver Surfer is much better than, you know, Mobius. So just goes to show you the the, the kind of, you know, how Silver Surfer goes, you know, everybody kind of knows of the Silver Surfer. And it was and it was kind of culture when it came out because, you know, surfing, you know, you know, back then, you know, the hippie days, people would ride waves. And, you know, who else would think that you put a guy on a, on a surfboard surfing through the airways? But but anyway, Identity Crisis issue number four, the Michael Turner yeah, he did some great covers, man. You know, Michael Turner still they they still pump out some Michael Turner covers every now and then. I think the uh, what was it? Uh, who does the Fathom issues? Uh, what Aspen? Aspen, it, yeah. Michael yeah, Turner's think, the Tupac of comic book artists. Exactly. <laughs> his, his covers just pop up everywhere. I think Aspen is still sitting on a lot of uh, thing. Unfortunately, you know, Michael Turner left this way too early. Um, but there's a there's a great documentary if you can find it. I sometimes on YouTube about Michael Turner and even the guys at Image said that he was the best of all of them uh, as far as art. 
Like they all, they all, you know, because you know how Liefeld, Lee, McFarland, they all kind of had their own little imprints on Image. They all wanted, um, they all wanted uh, Michael Turner because they said he was the best among them all as far as art, uh, as as an artist. But this, we're talking about Identity Crisis issue number four, first printing from two thousand four, selling for two hundred twenty five dollars. Love me some Michael Turner. All right, get ready. All right, I hope you guys are getting ready for a big fat offer. Yeah, here's here's a new one for everybody. It rhymes with lust from St. John's, 1950. This digest-sized publication, drawn by the amazing Mike uh, Matt Baker, is considered the very first graphic novel. Those two factors are enough to draw out its highest sale of $2,160 for a CGC 5.0, and it scarce and rarely comes up for sale. When writers Arnold Drake and Leslie Waller, under the pseudonym Drake Waller, were attending college. They came up with a concept to create a more developed comic book that felt more like a novel, which led to this industry's milestone. That's interesting. I didn't know about yeah. that. Yeah. So before you think of the obvious, um, the character's name is actually Rust. Uh, that's what it rhymes with, you know, because if you're thinking, you know, woman, you think bust or whatever. It, her name is actually Russ M Mason or Masson, something along those lines. Because I was like, hmm, why is it? What rhymes with less? But for 1950, that is incredible art for 1950. I mean, uh, the way it's drawn, if you think about it, because normally, you know, you know, golden age, you can kind of tell the way it's drawn. But I think that the way they draw the, her face on that is incredible. But uh, there you go. It rhymes with lust from 1950 on the list. $2,160. Wow, that is incredible. What do we got up next? All right, next up, one of my favorite covers. We're looking at Marvel Preview number two from Marvel in 1975. And the Punisher made his first appearance in Amazing Spider-Man number 129. But it wasn't until about one year later that we got his origin story in Marvel Preview number two. This week, we had a record of $5,640 for a CGC 9.8, punishing the prior high of $4,080 from December of last year by $1,560. Until February of 2021, this book had a peak price of just $1,000 for a 9.8, meaning it has jumped by over 400% in just a single year. So make sure you don't overlook these key magazine-sized issues since this run also features the first appearance of MCU fan-favorite characters Star-Lord and Rocket Raccoon in Marvel Preview 4 and 7, respectively. Check those magazine boxes, boys. I remember when the Guardians of the Galaxy movie was announced. That first appearance of Star Lord was uh, was like a two thousand dollar book, man. It was it was huge, right? Um, um, uh, and and it was all like this huge magazine. Like, I remember I had a slabbed one of first appearance of Star Lord, and it was just like just when CGC slabs them, it's just like this gigantic piece of plastic that's that's covering it. But man, I I used to see these in dollar bin boxes. Five, six, seven years ago, I meant, you know, I meant, I mean, maybe not dollar bin, but they were like five, ten dollars. But fifty six hundred for a nine point eight, wow! And it's it, it's hard to get in nine point eight too. I meant, uh, you know, first of all, magazine size comics are hard to get in nine point eight. Period. Um, and also the black cover. So, and they didn't uh, have magazine bag and boards back then. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody I meant was, nobody was keeping them in anything. Yeah. Yeah. They I don't fit they, in boxes. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. I went to a mall and they had a bunch of magazines and I have, I meant, you know, and I'm trying to think of they even had bags and boards, not alone top loaders. Cause for a while I only could only put magazines in top loaders uh, for those type of things. But uh, all right. So Marvel preview issue number two from 1975. Uh, while we're halfway through, let's hear from our sponsor, myslabs.com. If you're tired for paying uh 10% or 15%? Join the 1% revolution. Tired of paying 10%, 15% or more to sell your cards, comics, and digital collectibles? How does 1% sound? Too good to be true? Well, not anymore. MySlabs.com is the web's premier user-driven marketplace for buying and selling slabbed cards, sealed wax, and now slabbed comics and digital collectibles. So the next time you're forced to pay 10% or more to sell something from your collection, head over to MySlabs.com and join the 1% revolution.
Wow, that is that. I want to highlight this comment because it brings up a great point. It reminds me of Patrick Nagel. For those who grew up in the '80s, uh, Patrick Nagel art was absolutely all over the place. Um, just look it up, and you'll know. Uh, famously, I think uh, I think there was Duran Duran uh, did a cover featuring. Uh, just look up Patrick Nagel, and you know what I'm talking about. It was a huge a style of um, art that came out in the 80s the way he styled it and he had a couple of people follow him his same style but look up Patrick Patrick Nagel he was absolutely a big big time artist for his time um no longer with us either so there you go sorry bummer uh, so Marvel ish preview issue number two featuring the Punisher from 1975 good lord $5,600 for a 9.8 what am I doing wrong with my life all right so those are some so you could have went uh good I think three, all right? This one, this one, and this one. Um, a lot of people have these, so maybe even this one. What do we got next? All right, coming up next, another Marvel great book here. It's uh, Submariner number 32 from 1970. Namor is one of the longest-running MCU spec characters. Many hope to see the character's appearance in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Of course, this wishful thinking extends to many other Marvel characters as well. But that said... We know he's coming at some point. While there's no uh, confirmation of any of the characters, there's still growing speculation. One bit of spec is Lyra, a Namor villain who's the combination of Mystique and Aquaman. She can change her appearance, has a telepathic connection to sea creatures, and is incredibly strong. However, due to switching into so many different personas, she has schizophrenia. The MCU loves relatable villains. And she's a perfect candidate for Namor if a solo film is in his future. Well, this is a long way away from being possible. It didn't stop her first appearance from selling a rare 9.8 copy at a new high of $2,640. Yeah. When you said she had a telepathic uh, connection to fish, immediately, I, for some reason, it just bought a Peacemaker and the scene with <laughs> the scene with Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I just crack up every time I think about that. Um, and uh, so, uh, yeah, um, the rumor, the longstanding rumor from, uh, you know, uh, spec websites and whatnot was Tanesh Huerta was going to be Namor. And uh, from all I from all I found out from people I, that I've talked to uh, that are in the know that he's not playing Namor and I don't see him as a Namor. He just doesn't fit the bill as a Namor. Um, possibly White Tiger, but not Namor. So, because uh, there he was cast for Black Panther two, Tanesh Huerta. Uh, but you know, Submariners, you you got to get a big name actor to play Submariner, right? And you know, somebody who has that arrogance. That's why I was like, man, The Rock would have been perfect to play the Submariner. He's got that kind of arrogance. He's got the eyebrows, right? I mean, why, I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe he's still doing it. He was meeting with Marvel for a while there. Um, well, the, they were filming also in Atlanta together, so you never know. Maybe he can dip his toes into both ponds. I mean, The Rock has enough pool in Hollywood to be able to do that. So, yeah. and speaking of it, bad... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Gonna say, yeah, for what it's worth, a very important person in the comic industry told me to buy Namor and Namorita. Said that their most consistent buy recommendation. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, Namor is coming. It's only a matter of time, because I do... But there was a time where... Um, Universal uh, had the rights to Namor and the Hulk. And I think yeah. the Hulk they still may have, but I do believe Namor they have the full theatrical rights to. Uh, that's why you don't see a, a, a solo Hulk film because I, I think it, it's Universal, one of those studios, still has the theatrical rights to do. Yeah, they'd so, have to so split th like Sony. They'd have to figure out some sort of... Story. Exactly. So the way Marvel goes around doing it is making movies like you know Thor Ragnarok, where he's he's not in the he's not in the, the he's not the main. It's not the movie named you know whatever. That's why a movie called World War Hulk I don't think can happen because of those rights unless they work something out. But you know, you know, just like Sony's never going to give up Spider Man. That's their cash cow. I mean, I'm pretty sure Universal is thinking, look, you know, that's we can make a potential cash cow but you know they would have to work with marvel to be able to to make a, a solo film um you know hulk they did try it in the past with two different hulks so uh <laughs> you know i'm not you know the ed norton version it wasn't i didn't i didn't hate it but the uh the first hulk one is probably uh, 
I think poo pooed on a little bit too much, right? John Woo was a, I think it was John Woo was the director, right? Who did the the first Hulk movie, um, and they even did panels like a comic book throughout the movie. Yeah. Uh, if I uh, mean, it went a little crazy when Nick when, once Nick Nolte showed up, but you know Nick Nolte is kind of crazy, but it kind of went out there. But I, uh, you know, watch it again. You'll you'll appreciate it. It's not as bad as people make it out to be. But John Woo really wanted to make it look like a comic book. So there's scenes where it it they, they move from panel to panel like a comic book. So I mean, it is kind of a true adaptation of a comic book, literally. All right, so Submariner issue number 32 from 1970. So for $2,600. Is that the same price as this one? No, that was 56 Wow, 5600 2600 All right, what do we got up next? All right, this one is Teen Titans number 75. The Adam Hughes 125 incentive that DC released in 2009. And back in 2014, and the, this is an era I remember, collectors were actively trying to track down this very hard-to-find 1 in 25 variant by Adam Hughes. It is easily the most expensive modern Teen Titan book and is a grail for collectors of the young super team. It doesn't hurt that Starfire is front and center in her typical scantily clad costume, for which DC changed in 2015 during the New 52 into something a little less revealing. This shift specifically happened after Starfire's over-sexualized appearance on the cover of Red Hood and the Outlaws, uh, number 32 from 2014 by Scott LaBelle. Uh, the issue was met with much backlash. Uh, regardless, this Hughes cover is still highly sought after. And as seen by this week's new market height of $1,051 for a CGC 9.8. Wow. Wow. That is crazy. I mean, you know, just to think... $1,000 from a 1 in 25 variant from 2009. T times have truly changed. There used to be, and eh, you know what? If I wait eight months, I can get a 1 in 25, 1 in 50 for a lot cheaper. But, you know, those those days, I think, are, are, are you know, slowly going away when people, you know, especially when you find an artist who was hot at the time, Adam Hughes. Uh, thank you for correcting me in the live chat. It was Ang Lee who did the first uh, Hulk movie. And Ang Lee wanted to do a art house comic book movie. If you know... Um, Ang Lee also did uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, right? Uh, I confuse my Chinese directors, forgive me. John Woo is known for more like, uh, uh, you know, um, bullets and gunfire. And uh, um, was it Ang Lee? Yeah, Ang Lee did uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. John Woo did The Killer and Hard Boiled. If you haven't seen those, just as a... Just so, uh, you know, for people listening on the Rewind, don't go off on a tangent and correct me that I got the wrong director for the first Hulk movie. It was Ang Lee, not John Woo, but both great directors. I, I highly suggest you check out John Woo's Hong Kong films, man. They are badass. So Teen Titans number 75, the Adam Hughes 1 in 25 variant from two. We, we Jack, we've talked about this in the past, and I think you also, uh, uh, um, Gabe, that in 2009, 1 in 25 variants, they weren't there were many there weren't too many of them right 2009 no. it wasn't there wasn't quite the boom yet it was a little bit about the dark ages in the comics back then right back then too um stores didn't really price these up they, they just threw them on the shelf a lot of the time because it oh, was yeah, just like if i order 25 and i get a copy of it i throw it on the shelf for regular price so they weren't yeah. really being priced up that much this time either yeah then this one really came into popularity more during the height of that Adam Hughes craze that was largely spurned on by Legion of Super uh, Heroes 13 uh, or 23, uh, the uh, the Supergirl cover. And once that book took off, then you started seeing literally every one of these hard to get Adam Hughes covers just get yeah. chased and escalate. I'm actually not shocked that it sold for this price. Um, I, I kind of a lot of these Adam Hughes books get like that. Uh, it, it, this one just, you just don't see it as often. You don't see this one on back walls at conventions. No. And, uh, Adam Hughes, great cover artist, uh, Adam Hughes, internal art. Mm, that's all good. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if you ever read a Adam Hughes, like from, you know, internal work. I mean, obviously, you know, they can't do as much as they can on the cover, but man, I was really disappointed when I think I'm a two, three years ago, Adam, it was a Adam Hughes comic that was he did the internal art on and i was like wow this is a bit disappointing because you're used to seeing his covers right but you know it just goes to show you cover art and internal artists are totally, totally you know you'd have to know how to do storytelling when you're when you're drawing internal art as opposed to cover art where it's just a lot of times it's just posing to be honest with you um but teen times number 75 the adam hughes ah 
one in 25 variant. And I still don't know how, how his signature is not, um, easily you know manipulated like that it's just an ah apostrophe <laughs> i just don't understand ah uh, uh, exclamation mark i meant so uh easiest signature to get ever man so if you ever do a mass signing he could probably knock that shit out in like two minutes all right uh next up is a book most of you think you have but look at the fine print because this was a more of a rarity than you think Yep, go ahead and double check those books, guys, because we're talking about Thor, God of Thunder, number two. This is the newsstand edition from Marvel Comics in 2012. We're due for a Thor Love and Thunder trailer any week now, and fans are itching to see Christian Bale's performance as Gore the God Butcher. Recently, a Lego set image leaked showing Gore's appearance and even included the all-black Necro Sword. For Gore's first appearance, prices have been steadily around 500 for a 9.8. However, this week, a newsstand edition has sold via auction at $736 raw. Wow. And it wasn't even advertised as a newsstand edition. So just so let's pull up the graphic for reference here. Um, 2013 newsstand versus direct market 1% versus 99. That's so that's pretty darn lo- rare. I mean, I don't even know where the hell you would find a newsstand copy of a comic in 2012. Um, it was a uh, borders. To, yeah, was, uh, maybe borders. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's the only place, but yeah. So make sure if you check that, uh, cause I have mine, mine is not a newsstand. So, uh, you don't get a point for that. Sorry, boys and girls. You got to have the newsstand. All right. What do you got up next? Oh, this is one of our favorite artists. My apologies here, as I also lost the list, but now we're good. All right. He got Wolverine number 310. This is the Stephen Platt sketch variant from Marvel in 2012. And Stephen Platt is mainly known for his iconic Moon Knight run. However, he also produced several variants for Marvel which are incredibly tough to find. This variant is a perfect example. If you recall in 2012 was a low print year and there were not enough stores ordering 200 copies of Wolverine 310 to qualify for this sketch variant. It's so rare that most modern collectors aren't even aware that it's in the modern elite as one of the most expensive modern comics. This week's sale of $2,232.58 for a 9.8 cements this book's position. Yeah, I have an I have an unhealthy love for Stephen Platt art, especially oh, yeah. from the 90s. Oh, um, dude, you, you know who you're talking to. Exactly. I, I, I know. Love yeah. Platt, dude. I know. It. Exactly, <laughs> dude. Yeah. The profit. Yeah, exactly. We were just talking. Yeah. Well, I was just going to bring it up. That profit that he did. Oh, my God. The detail on that is crazy. Yeah, his um, night is one of the best things he's ever done. It's yeah. He's, yeah. he's a fantastic artist. So I think funny. all those once Moon Knight comes out in live action, I think all the I mean, they're already pricey, but I think they're going to get another bump once uh, uh, it comes out, even though it has nothing to do with the characters in it. Um, but, you know, I think collectors every time anytime I see the, the plat covers. Uh, on the Moon Knight run, I buy him regardless because yeah. well, you know. Un- until he got announced as having a TV show, those uh, plat issues were really the only key anything Moon Knight at all for the most part yeah. was just those spot issues until yeah. he became really hot. So yeah, those yeah. were really big issues. So they're always going to be hot too. They're great. So I'm trying to think because Profit got announced as got optioned right. Uh, was I'm trying to think it did. Pat do the art on Profit number one, or was it still Liefeld at the time? No, it was uh, Dan Panosian's. Uh, Dan Panosian, yeah. Yeah, Stephen Platt came out on issue five. Yeah, I have that kind of uh, foil cover of Platt that's a wraparound that is just crazy, mm-hmm. crazy looking. So detailed down to just the little bullets that he drew on the cover. But, I mean, his style has actually changed from modern times if you there's some like variants he did i think i saw one from like 2019 2020 unrecognizable uh it was and i was like this isn't the plat i want this is i want the i want the 90s plat i want this version of even this 2012 plat is different from his moon knight plat uh his moon knight art so you know you know you have to grow eventually unless you're you know 
Rob Liefeld, you know, and still draw the same way, but you know, uh, but yeah, but this cover's sick. There's also a regular, the other uh variant is all color. This is, but this is the black, this sketch variant in black and white. Uh, well, but there's well, I was gonna say, speaking of uh, Splat and Rob and Rob Liefeld, Rob Liefeld used to pay uh, Stephen Platt forty thousand dollars an issue for profit, pay him forty thousand dollars, he got paid per issue. Rob Liefeld would pay. Stephen Platt for on profit. Well, that was also the days, the nineties when, you know, you know, huge print runs. So yeah. you probably afford it, but that's also, I mean, if you, if you've seen that image documentary, it's also why they went broke too, uh, you know, because they were just paying like these really outrageous sums of money to get, you know, all these artists. And then, you know, and then after a while people are like, the art looks great, but the st uh, the stories aren't that good. <laughs> How about getting some writers in here? You know, and then that's when Valiant stepped up and said, "Yo, our our art isn't as good as Image, but hey, we got some great stories." And then when then the, the Valiant runs came out uh, in the uh, the nineties, they were like the antithesis of each other, right? Image was known for the art, and Valiant was known for their stories. Um, so I mean, if you think about Archer and Armstrong and all these other all these other stories, even the Turok, all these uh, Valiant books that were coming out at the time, I mean, it was. It was really the heyday of comics where you go into your shop, you can see Marvel, DC, Image, Valiant. It was crazy. It was all over the place, man. But uh, Wolverine number 310, the Stephen Platt sketch, one and 200 variant. Who in 2012 was ordering 200 of these? Good Lord have mercy. All right, down to the last one, but don't go away, boys. We're going to see what's shaking today and what do we got for our last book? All right, coming up, we got World's Finest Comics number 198 from DC Comics 1970. Somebody just paid $8,100 to learn who's the fastest man alive in a CGC graded 9.8. This issue features the three, the third race between Superman and The Flash, the Barry Allen one. I'm a Wally West fan myself, but Barry was pretty cool. This aforementioned third race was billed as the race that must have a winner. Gasp! This is not a fervorous uh, race between Metropolis's Speeding Bullet and Central City's Scarlet Speedster. There is, in fact, a time warp threatening all of creation. The Guardians of the Universe enlist Barry and Clark to run to the opposite direction of the warp and advert uh, destruction. Of course, it's science. This makes... The fellows makes it a healthy competition, saving one another from perils along the way. These issues are are getting really sought after because these stories are so much damn fun. Like the regular Justice League Justice Society team up, Soups and the Flash would race regularly, usually within harrowing ramifications, and each respective hero's fans cheering for them to finally be revealed as the king of speed. The previous two races, circa 1967, occurred in Superman and Flash's respective books, and each ended in a tie. This one, however, had a clear winner. The Flash wins the race, and then Superman peels off to destroy the machine causing the warp. These races remain a reoccurring theme in DC Comics, but these early adventures are very beloved examples of Silver and Bronze Age storytelling that always generate massive collector interest. Yeah, I know people have been collecting these for years and years and years. The races between The Flash and Superman is kind of like a side collecting thing. And I'm trying to remember, was it Josh Whedon's Justice League or the Snyder Cut where they had the the race of Batman, uh, Superman and The Flash raced at the end of the film? I'm trying to think. I, I, that's I think the Josh that, Whedon uh, Yeah, because yeah, yeah, that's way too fun for Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder would have somebody die in the race. So, you know, uh, but yeah, I remember it was at the end. And it, was just, it was just a cool little nod to combo collectors, you know, who were like saying, oh, look, they finally raced, you know, because, you know, you know, people have been always arguing who's faster. I would say the Flash is faster because, you know, if you got a cape that's got a that that's not aerodynamic you know what i'm saying plus she has the flash force so you know so to me the flash is always going to be faster so all right boys and girls so let's go see what's shaking on today's shakers list uh let me i'm always seeing uh, how quickly i can do this without losing your attention do 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 uh, and there we are. Let me show this. Show this. All right. So as you can tell, you go to cover price tomorrow. You can win uh, on whatnot. Follow cover price. 
and they're going to give a randomizer and you $5,000 worth of comics will be given away that day. So there you go. Um, there's our top 10. These are most units sold, but we are here to shake things up. So let's see what's shaking today, boys and girls. Wow. Ask me to log in. Oh, lucky you guys can't see my password. <laughs> All right. Ah, usual suspects. Ah, oh, too bad our man, my man Ryan is on there. He has Justice League of America number one, 8.0 sold for $12,500. Wow. First solo team, first appearance of Despero. So 12000 Wow, I remember that book for a while, but nobody even cared about it. King, wow, look at that. Now a 6.0 is 2200. Um I'm glad I have a 7.0 so I you know, I think I'm looking pretty good on that one. Yeah, that book is going to keep going up. Just wait till oh, we yeah. see it again. Speaking of Valiant, we were just talking about it. Harbinger number 1, first appearance of the Renegades, 1225 for 9.8. Uh and I do believe there's a mail-in pink version somewhere uh, of this as well. Yeah, here, here it is. If I go back this is the coupon giveaway. Uh, this is the more rare of the two. I've been, I was hunting this one for a while and I finally got it. Um, wow. Oh, somebody paid eight cents. Anyway, uh, 289 for 9.8. That's gotta be a, that's gotta be a typo. But, uh, yeah, this is the, this is the, you had, there was a coupon that came across multiple titles in Valiant and you would mail them in and they would send out, um, more copies of Harbinger and, and some of them you would get the, pink one if i'm not mistaken uh, you can correct me in the live chat but i think it was most they this it wasn't always going to be the the pink variant that you got um oh you know we love uh, some pre-code horror look at this creepy number 10 from warren comics love these creepy covers all these oh. all these painted great covers back then these are fantastic what the hell is that i thought it was frankenstein at first but it looks almost like a merman type of dude i don't know what the hell that yeah. is but uh twelve hundred thirteen hundred dollars for 9.8 for creepy magazine man love man pre-code horror um Darth Vader, only going to go up in price. This is the first appearance of Dr. Afra 000 and BT-1. 2150 for 9.8. I have two of them off at CGC right now, so may the grades be with me. Ah, oh, do you remember when this book was hot? When uh, the Spider-Man oh, Far yeah. From Home? Yeah. <laughs> That's another infamously hard one to find in good condition because it's oh, yeah. so just, black. Just look at the cover. Yeah, just look at the cover. Yeah. So uh, a 7.5 sold over $1,200. Wow. Um, back back in the day, this is what, 2019? So this is right when the uh, Far From Home, um, far was it No Way Home or Far From Home? Far From Home, right? When we went to Italy or whatever. Um, and remember the spec was it was Molten Man was going to move a 9.6 sold for 38 grand. Uh, but then we found out, you know, it was just Mysterio doing his weird thing, man. Doing his uh, illusions, which we had all guessed it was going to be. Um, another awesome stamp. Look at this. Good Girl Bondage cover. Tales of Horror and Suspense. Mr. Mystery. Number six from Stanley Morris. eight ninety nine for a 1.8. A 1.8 for $900. Uh, 4000 for 3200 3, Not bad, but that is a dope cover, man. Never heard of it, but I dig it, man. Uh, usual suspects. Hey, Star Wars is going to be dominating these this pretty soon, man. This first appearance of cover of Darth Krat, Cade Skywalker, and Darth Talon. Cameo cover only. Look at that. Star Wars There's Legacy. There's so much number. going on with these Star Wars books. It's so hard for me to keep up or even understand because I've never read these Star Wars books before. Yeah. So well, Grand Inquisitor, Grand Inquisitor is the hot book now because of uh, the trailer for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yep. So, yeah. You know, so a lot of them, they're, they're, they're pulling what would used to be called the, uh, the, um, Expanded universe is now canon, so I mean that's good news, right? For for uh, people who collect Star Wars comics, look at this Moon Knight cover. This is gnarly. I dig this. Oh, Daniel Warren man. Johnson, one in twenty-five. That's dope. I like that. That's great. Almost looks like a Phoenix Force cover. And first appearance of the Sun King. A lot of people still think that the uh, Doctor uh, that what's his name is the Sun King. So we, we shall see. Um, here, speaking of the Grand Grand Inquisitor, 
for a full first full appearance of the Grand Inquisitor, five hundred and seventy five dollars for a nine point eight. Yep, I saw this book all over my Instagram feed, especially uh, my Nemesis Prime, who has like ten of them. He's so, <laughs> getting these for a while. Speaking of Adam Hughes, this is one of his more uh, popular, famous covers. Gorgeous line work, as you could tell. Six hundred dollars for nine point eight. The Spider Gwen, the volume number one, num- issue number one. Adam Hughes, one in one hundred variant. I like the gorgeous. That's amazing. Well, I like the his style of solid black outlines on the characters. Um, Cho does that as well. Does the solid black outlines on characters? Uh, it really makes it. It, may, it really makes it pop. Make it stand out. Um, here we go. This is the first second appearance of Black Adam. First appearance in DC Comics. Before that, it was under Fawcett or some other shit. But I was just going to say, the bad news is uh, Black Adam, so for $500 for 7.0, uh, got delayed by three months. Um, so, yeah, The Rock came out and said that Black Adam has now been delayed three months. It's going to be, I believe, an October release. The interesting thing is Shazam got moved up six months. So now Flash and Flash got moved back, too. So Flash is now the last movie to come out. So um, to me... That tells me that uh, quite possibly Flash could be some type of um, a Flashpoint reboot of the DCEU. That's what I think, right? I mean, why else would they change the order of everything and make Flash the last movie? Um, for those who don't know. Uh, Eerie Tales of Suspense, fa- Strange Fantasy number 5 from Feral Comics. Look at that. That is gnarly. No wonder the comics code came out. You know, can't be having your kids reading this. That looks totally gnarly, man. $472 for a 5.0 my goodness more shazam comics so uh you know what's amazing to me shazam is going to be the is coming out soon and uh man we haven't gotten another trailer yet for for shazam 2 or if we even had a first trailer for it yet i'm trying to think man so um look at this batman book who the got? hell oh. is that who is that so that's Catwoman. Is that Catman? Who is that dude? King uh, Featuring the King, the King of, the, of cats. the Cats. Yeah, I guess so. Man, that is goofy. Uh, bondage for <laughs> Batman and Robin, though. So if you're into bondage covers of uh, male superheroes, there you go. This is interesting. I want to see what's going on with this book. Some of you know something that I don't. Spider-Woman number 37. Look, uh, is that the first female banshee yep first appearance of siren i knew it uh four hundred dollars for a 9.8 uh first appearance this is uh, i believe banshee's daughter i want to say i think it was her name she's got the same costume but uh you know what that character really needs to be more i need old school banshee i mean and we got some of them and the the younger version of him but i I want that yellow costume and the flaps and everything man i need to make i need to see that i need to see that happen (laughs) yeah uh let's see here ice cream man oh good old ghost rider 327 oh what is that oh 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 rafael grassetti nycc limited to 1000 copies from september 2021 look at that now that is dope miles morales spider-man issue number 30 330 dollars so wait nycc in 2021 was it it was all virtual wasn't it but did they no. even have a no yeah, they they a, it. yeah why they, not we had a big booth oh i was trying to remember because i was like man wait so NY new york is uh, out of the pandemic at the time already right yeah 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 it was like fresh out it was like one of the first big conventions um, yeah, conventions started coming back in the fall and it was everything pushed back to like in, later in the schedule how was the attendance though was there a ton of people there or a ton. It was less than a typical NYCC, but still like it, a, a pretty full crowd. It was a rocking event. Yeah, I think people are clamoring to get back to conventions. So uh, oh, WonderCon, 100%. yeah, WonderCon it takes place in like three weeks from now. So um, hopefully, I will be there. I have I'm going to Vegas a week before that. So depending on how well I do at the tables, I will or will not show up at WonderCon. Well, man. You got to hit me up when you come to Vegas, Tim. Uh, yeah, I'll be there on. Um, the mon- Sunday through Tuesday on the 20, 21st, and 22nd, uh, going for a, a wedding, a relative's wedding. So I'll oh, be, okay. uh, yeah, so I'll hit you up, man. I'll be staying at the Mirage because I can't believe I still points. They caught me a room. So I was like, I'll stay at the Mirage. Fuck it. I don't care. Shit. Yeah. F- free room's a free room. Yeah. Uh, we always talk about this. Captain. This is before the actual really popular Captain Marvel run that starts at number twenty-five. Yeah, this Starlin- is before Jim Starlin took over. Yeah, yeah. before Starlin took over. Uh, two ninety-five though for nine point six. But if you look at this one, the next cover, 
this is when Stardom really kind of took it cosmic, and this is uh, the Stardom run 25, I think, through 34, I believe, are the runs that really collectors go are, are, are sought after by collectors. Um, oh, here's the Illmatic uh, hip-hop variant. This is dope. The Adi Granoff variant, which is the homage to uh, That's Nas. That's probably one of the best ones. That has yep. to be the best one. The, the homage to um, uh, Illmatic by Nas. Nas. Yep. Raw Comic 250. Wow. Do you remember there was a last year there was like a run on hip hop variants and everybody was getting them and they cooled off some? I literally had a hundred and thirty different hip hop variants because there were so many that Marvel came out. And I'd sold most of them through auction, but I still probably have fifty of them um that I kept that were, you know, issue number ones like Moon Girl, Devil Dinosaur, the hip hop variant, and some other ones. Um, hey, I have this. This is like literally just bought it a couple weeks ago. This is uh, Moon Knight issue number three, the Rod Rice, one in twenty five. Look how dope that is! First appearance of Hunter's Moon, two hundred and forty dollars for nine point eight. All I'm telling you, every issue the Moon Knight comes out, any of those variants are pretty hot. Um, we'll look at one last one. Wow, look at that. Death of Superman is on here. What the hell's going yeah, on, man? That's the uh, that's the platinum. Yeah. Even the Platinum's editions were cheaper for the longest time. Let me see. Hold on. How much is this sell for? $245 for 9.2. Good Lord. That's impressive so they, for a 9.2. Yeah, because uh, I'm assuming they, you know, because you never know what it is when it's inside the bag. You don't know what the hell it's going to be. Uh, look at this Punisher cover. This is the Alex Ross Timeless Virgin uh look at that i'm glad it's cool how they did the whole wraparound cover on sketch one in 100 from uh, march 2022 244 244 for a raw that is dope i dig that all right boys and girls well we've kept you captive long enough um so uh appreciate you guys all for hanging out with us on the shaker show gabe any last words hey everybody thanks for showing up enjoy the rest of your week enjoy your weekend and we'll see you next time all right, Jack, any last words? Yes, Free Fest Friday tomorrow on the WhatNot app. Make sure you join 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific. Cover Price makes their debut. Everything's free, 5K worth of books, major titles. Shout out to Boom Studios, KRS Comics, Image and Skybound, and Scout Comics. There you go. So make sure. So it's 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 Pacific. Sign up for WhatNot. Follow uh, Cover Price, and they're just going to give away stuff. And it's going to be uh, – I talked to Matt from Cover Price, and it, uh, I think well, whatnot is just going to be picking random names. So it's not going to be like you have to answer questions or bid or anything. It's just going to be a randomizer, leave a comment or something along those lines. So uh, check out Cover Price on Whatnot tomorrow so you can win some of these gorgeous variants. So, uh, yeah, can't wait. I will – tomorrow, noon? I'm not doing shit. I think I'll join. I'll probably, probably join in. I finally – it's absolutely what's better than that, boys. It goes free right. comics. Come on now. Come on, guys. All right. So yeah. Just 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 watch it and then you may win some free shit, man. I just did my I just bought my first whatnot comics from uh uh the other day and it was smooth. It was like uh he sent me an email and invoice, everything, and was like done. I was like, wow, that was easy. Okay. I don't have any, you don't have to do separate payments. So I was like, cool. All right. Uh, I bought it from uh my man manimal so follow me on i'm actually on cover price lords of the long box um i haven't although i haven't sold anything yet uh you know doing three shows a week it gets tiring so so you know as soon as i get you know enough energy i, I will uh, pop in there and i'll sell you guys some some cool stuff but uh, until next time boys and girls i will see you guys sunday we're gonna have a shaker show with uh letters of long box and mikey sutton who has uh got teasing some uh, agents of atlas news uh so you might want to tune in for that uh, for a long-term spec list so until next time boys and girls keep digging in them long boxes and peace out
Oh, that the Lord is up there. Um, what's in the box? 